Tonight, the message, uh, the title is, is this. It's just gifts that don't fit under the Christmas tree. Gifts that don't fit under the Christmas tree. Most every Christmas movie has the exact same plot where the main character is looking for something, whether they know it or not. And typically, what they're looking for, they can't find at a store unless you're like watching Jingle All the Way. Any Arnold Schwarzenegger fans, Jingle All the Way? Anyone like that Christmas movie? But most of the Christmas movies are about this search, this endeavor, this pursuit to find something, and they think what they're looking for is a thing, but you end up finding out something much, much more. In fact, there's a couple great Christmas movies that, that our family loves. First one's The Grinch, and I love this new remake of The Grinch. I think it's so much fun, uh, uh, and our, our kids love watching this. And The Grinch's master plan, right, is to steal Christmas from the Who's. And his belief is, is if there was no more Christmas, that there would be no more annoyance, no more parties, no more singing, no more uh, festivities, no more food, no more presents. And he thought, if I steal it, and you know the movie, if I steal it, then it'll shut it all down. Well, what happens? He steals it, and what do they do? Little Cindy who? What does she do? She sings anyways. And the tree lights up, and then something happens to the Grinch. He finds out it really wasn't about the presence and the holiday and the event but there's something else that he was looking for, something else that he was missing, which was family, relationship, friendships, love, acceptance. Another great movie is this one, uh, Santa Claus. And this is our family's favorite. We watch these all year round. Uh, my wife and my oldest son, Jaden, they say Santa Claus number two is the best. I'm a traditionalist. I say Santa Claus number one is the best. And I don't think anyone says Santa Claus three is the best. But anyways... <laughs> Those are those that we love watching these movies, love Tim Allen in these movies. And it starts off with this dad, Scott Calvin, and he just recently went through a divorce and he's got a big time career and his endeavor to make his Christmas perfect for his son. So he's got his son this Christmas and so he pulls out all the stops. He's got the turkey in the oven, he's got the sides, the fixings, but if you know how the movie starts, he pulls that turkey out and the first thing, especially if you watched... Uh, home improvement. So you got the fire extinguisher out, right? Anything with Tim Allen, there's going to be a fire extinguisher. The, the turkey goes up in flames and they end up at Denny's of all places, right? And so they're at Denny's and the story goes on. They make it home and they hear some clatter on the roof and, and Tim or Scott Calvin runs outside and he scares Santa off the roof and Santa says bye-bye. And then the whole movie is him finding himself now becoming Santa and it wasn't what he was looking for. It wasn't what he hoped to get. But what he was trying to do was win the affection of a son. He wanted to be a son's hero. And at the end, he found out it didn't have to be Santa to do that. He just needed to be present. And then there's uh, uh, one more movie. And this is really a series of movies. It's just the Hallmark movies in general. Um, I, I think they released 23 of them this week, um, I think is what I saw. <laughs> Something like 400 of these out right now. But every single Hallmark movie is basically the same. You got city boy Josh, who was a lawyer, right? And he was practicing, and his dad passes away, and he's got to go back to his farm town that he grew up in. He's got to help his mom sell the farm. And while he's there, he runs into Jane, who's running the puppy shelter, right? She's rescuing these puppies. <laughs> she's rescuing the puppies, and, and, and she doesn't have much, but she's pretty. And... and <laughs> And, and they, they dislike each other. Like, it, from the get-go, they hate each other. They're, like, at each other's, like, wits ends. And Josh is just trying to, city boy Josh, just sell the house. Sell the house, get my dad's money, and go back to my big city. 
Well, they end up at this Christmas like parade, right? And, and City Boy Josh's mom is leading the kids' choir from the local church singing carols at the, at the corner of the city downtown, right? And all of a sudden, Josh and Jane get in a big fight. Josh is like, I'm out of here. I thought I kind of liked you, but even though the movie didn't look like it, I had some affection. And he leaves. But before he gets on the plane, he has a change of heart. And he comes back, and they fall madly in love. And the movie's over, right? That's every Hallmark movie, right? Am I right? Come on now. City boy Josh thought what he was looking for was, I'm going to go sell dad's farm and get some more money. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm building my career. I'm building my life. But what he didn't know he was really looking for was little Jane right here, right? So that's like every Christmas movie. There's this, there's this group of people who are looking for something, and they're looking for friends. They're looking for family. They're looking for someone to love. They're looking for approval or achievement. They're looking for some sort of self-worth. They're looking for a special somebody that will help them overcome their selfishness and become the best version of themselves. City boy Josh. And, and, and they end up, and they're looking for just someone to help them like, achieve their hopes and dreams. And, and here's what we can see from these movies, is that these movies are so much like our real lives. That's why we love watching these Christmas movies. Like This is, this is our life. This is what we do. We're looking for things. And these movies show us and they reveal the problem that I think most of us in this room have tonight. What we really want, what we really need this Christmas won't fit under the tree. It's not something you can steal like the Grinch. It's not something like Scott Calvin, like you make this perfect turkey and have all the decorations and now your son will be proud of you. It's not City Boy Josh just getting that money or winning that woman. Like there's something more to life than just the things that we can achieve or own. And, and here's, here's, here's what I would say the real problem is. The problem with gifts is what we really need is that they really come at a cost that we cannot pay. The problem with the gifts that we really need is that they come at a cost that we cannot pay. And, and most of us have tried, like these things that we're talking about, these things like the Grinch and Scott Calvin and City Boy Josh. We've tried, like we've tried to do the things, we've tried to, to, to live their life, we've tried to achieve We've tried to, to do things, to manifest these things in our lives. Things like peace, things like hope, things like love, things like acceptance and joy, things like belonging, things like having a purpose or a, a meaning in life, something that you're working towards. And if, here's the truth. If we had the power within ourselves to achieve these things, we would already have them. I mean, I, I'm at the point in my life where everything that I want, uh, it's hard to buy me Christmas presents. Because everything I want, I, I buy for myself throughout the year, right? Anyone else like that? Yeah, it's like, it, like, you, like and so the, the problem is the things that we really want, though, if we're really honest, they don't fit nicely wrapped, tucked up under a tree. It's not something that someone can go shop for. It's not something I can put on a list. It's not something that, that if I had a little more money or had a little more time, I could put it together. If I had the power within myself to give myself the things that I really want, I would have them. But I don't. And, and this is what we're talking about here tonight. And this is, I love this scripture, and this is one of the most famous scriptures. If you grew up in church, you heard this. If you didn't grow up in church, you've heard this, and we're starting with this one tonight. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. Here's what this scripture tells us, and this is what I want you to catch this year at Christmas. The greatest gifts are given, not purchased. The greatest gifts that you ever achieve in your life are given, not per they're not purchased. And if you're a parent in a room, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Those of you, or maybe, maybe you've got a special someone in your life. Maybe you've got someone you're dating or someone you're engaged to or someone you're married to. You know what I'm talking about. It's, it's way more special to give something than it is to get something. Like I can remember so many times sitting there, even our family did uh, Christmas with our kids yesterday before we head to Arkansas with our family and stuff like that. And even like as we're sitting there, like I didn't care what was under the tree for myself because I was enjoying and having a time of my life watching my kids open what they open. Anyone else, like you, you, you the same way? Like you can just do without a Christmas present. In fact, this is why it's difficult for me because there's one of two things. One, the things that I want require payments because they're expensive <laughs> or the things that I want are like, it's me giving someone something. I don't actually want anything. And, and me and my wife, like we found ourselves a couple days before all of this, we're like, there's nothing under the tree for each one of us. And we're like, can we just go out of town? Like, can we just go somewhere? Like, there's nothing. And maybe you find yourself like this. And here's what I know, though, about God, and we saw in the scripture, and I believe this to be true, that God loves to give great gifts to his children. Like, so this same feeling that we have of giving gifts to our children, the same expectation, the same hope, the same joy that we find when we watch someone open something that we put time and energy and thought and resources into it, our Heavenly Father is up in the heavens watching us going, I can't wait for my kids to open their great gift. And here's what's so incredible is that the gifts that our Father has for us are so much better than the things that maybe you could ever think or dream or imagine right now. In fact, James says this, that every good gift, every perfect gift, how many of you men in the room know that's a hard thing to achieve this time of the year, right? It's like the vacuum cleaner, no, that's not it. Uh, you know, the KitchenAid, that's not it. What's the perfect gift? What's the gift that says function and I love you both? So this is hard, but God knows how to do this. God says, James says that every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights. So tonight, I want to just share with you just quickly, what are four things that we might need this year that don't fit under the tree? Just four quick things that I believe that some of you in the room might actually need, a, a gift that you might need that didn't make it on your list, didn't make it on your wish list to Santa, didn't make it on your text message to your spouse. It, it's not something, I believe there's four things that we may be thinking about tonight that don't fit under the tree. And here's the first one is peace. Now, peace this is not a word that we use typically when we're talking about ourselves. I don't often walk around, I mean, I'm not that spiritual, walk around saying, I could really use some peace today. That just sounds weird. Like, you know, the, the movie Santa Claus, Scott Calvin, that his ex-wife's new husband, like, he's the psychologist, and that's, you know, how he talks. Scott, could you use some peace right now? Like, if you know the movie, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, we don't use that word that often. It's not something we say, but what we might say Instead of this is, I'm really stressed out. What we might say is, I'm not sure how I'm going to get all of this done by this time. Anyone feeling that right now? Come on, let's be honest in the room. Anyone going, I'm not sure how I'm going to get all this done before so-and-so comes over to my house. Anyone feeling that way? We're supposed to go to Arkansas tomorrow. We haven't packed a thing. I'm feeling that way right now. You may not say, I need some peace, but you might be saying, I'm not sure I'm going to get all this done. Another thing that we might say is my anxiety, ah, something else we might say is my chest is pounding and my head is foggy, I, I can't make good decisions, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this or accomplish this. Those type phrases and those type thoughts and those type feelings are a lack of this gift, they're a lack of this thing in our lives. 
These are all signs of a lack of peace. John 16, says this. This is Jesus. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus says, I am peace. If you want to have peace, here's how you have it. Have Jesus. Uh, Luke 2.14, in the announcement of Christ's birth, the angels come in and they're singing and the shepherds are sitting there. And there's this angelic choir belting it out. And here's what they're singing. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. When Jesus, what they're saying is the arrival of Jesus is the arrival of peace, not just to you, not just to the shepherds, not just to the wise man, but what does it say? On earth, that when Jesus comes, peace comes for all and goodwill towards men. The second thing I think maybe some of us in the room may be looking for, a gift that doesn't fit under the tree, is hope. Hope is, uh, is something that, that is a unique word too, not a word that we say unless we're saying something like, I hope I get to do this. Or I hope I can do this. But I think hope is much bigger than that. I think some of us in the room, maybe we have hope for a better tomorrow than maybe what we've had this today. Maybe some of us even, you're like, man, I have been in a crazy, hard, tough season since this whole COVID thing started. I have hope that this next year is going to be different than these last three. You know, we all, a lot of preachers and pastors, we preached messages in 2020. Hey, let's have a better 2020 than 2019. Or let's have a better 2021 than 2020. Hey, let's have a better 2020. How many of you are like, I, I can have a better 2023 than a better 2020? Like, it feels like some of us may be in the room. Like, you've been just, tre just, tre just trudging through and just walking through mud. And you're looking for some hope. Hope of restoration. Hope for healing. Hope for a new job. Hope for a source of provision for your family. Hope for a new vehicle. Hope for things that we don't have or that we can't see or we're not sure how to get. And this is, I believe, a gift that comes from God. Let's look at the scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 24 to 25 says, For in this hope we were saved. So there's hope that we have, and in this hope we're saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. This is what's hard about hope, and this is why I think hope is something that comes with Jesus, because we don't get to see Jesus walk and talk. He's already ascended to the Father. But this scripture gives us a picture that we even if we can't see him. This, for who hopes what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And so third thing for us tonight is joy. Gifts that don't fit under the tree, joy. Now, some of the things that, like, that fit under the tree, happiness, that fits under the tree. But happiness only lasts as long as your kid actually plays with that toy. Anyone else identify with that? Buy them a toy, they play with the box, all right? It's like, hey, I spent $100 on that. Yeah, but this box, Dad, you know? <laughs> If you've had kids, you know what I'm talking about. Like, so joy, happiness, we have, it comes, it goes. It attaches itself to, to moments, to memories, to, to, to songs maybe, to dinners. Like we can have happiness. But what I'm talking about here is not that because happiness comes and goes. I'm talking about joy. And joy lasts through everything. In fact, that joy that, that I'm talking about here today can even happen during suffering. This type of joy can happen during pain. This type of joy can happen during a tough season or a tough year or even during the loss of a, of a loved one. This joy is different. Psalm 16 says this, you make known to me the path of life. So God, you're directing me on this path of life. In your presence, in your presence, God, there is a 
fullness of joy. Not a, tap, not a temporary happiness, not a thing that comes and goes, but a fullness of it. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And some of us, this is Christmas, man, you've had some happy moments, and you may even think about a few happy moments that are coming up, but you can have a happy moment or two in Christmas and still be lacking joy. You can sit down with family and put on the face and put on, like, say the right things and do the right things and bring the right gifts and the gift cards and do all the exchanges and on the inside still be troubled. But I believe that there's a gift under this tree tonight that God has for you that even in the midst of those family tensions, even in the midst of the hardship, you can find joy in the middle of all those things. And here's the last one for us tonight. And this is love. Gifts that don't fit under the tree. This is what the Grinch was looking for. This is what Scott Calvin was looking for. In fact, this is what also the city boy Josh was looking for. <laughs> looking for love in all the wrong places. Um, you know, but this is... <laughs> This is something I think most, every one of us is looking for, but this one's hard because we all need it and we all try to give it and try to get it, but we find ourselves dealing with a faulty, compromised, broken version of it. Like love is something that most of us want to give and most of it wants to receive, but here's the problem with us. And, and, uh, let me take, take this back. Here's the problem with me. I'll just put myself in the middle of this is that the way that I know how to receive and give love is broken because it, it's filtered through my past experiences. It's filtered through my past mistakes. It's filtered through, through, through my selfish needs and wants and desires that even as good as I try to give love and as good as I try to receive love, I can tell you this tonight, what I have is a broken version of it. It's sometimes pretty good and a good season, maybe it's good for a while, but at some points it becomes selfish or it becomes unnatural or it becomes disappointing and it's not quite all there. I'm talking about something different than maybe what you're pandering or what you're trying to achieve or what you're giving. I'm talking about something better than the love that you've received. Than the love that you've received. I'm talking about something better than the love that you've even given. I'm talking about the love that only comes from Christ. And this love isn't the love that we see in Hallmark movies or in Hallmark cards. It's not a romance. It's not a friendship. It's not a family. It's not words of affirmation. In fact, it's all of those things. It's not just one of them. It's perfect love. It's unconditional love. It's unending love. It's infinite love. Romans tells us this. But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. This is the picture of love. God showed his love. This, this, is, this, this scripture is so powerful. That God showed his love. His love was on display that he gave his son for us even knowing that we would still sin. Even knowing that even maybe some of us in the room that we've already chosen to follow God, yet we still sin. And yet Christ goes, I know you'll never be perfect. I know you'll never get it right. I know you're broken. I know you're carrying some garbage. I know you're carrying some baggage. I know you've gone through some stuff. I know you're struggling with this sin or that addiction. I, know, I see all that, and I'm still willing to send my son. And this is what Christmas is all about. This is about God sending his son as a man to be born on this Christmas morning to a virgin named Mary, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. In this picture of love that God would give his son in this manner shows that 
He loves us so much because he became and he came into our brokenness. He came into our mess. He came into our world. You see, there's lots of other religions and lots of other people who worship different gods and different things and think they got it and they think they, they've got it and they got this understood, but there's no other God who has sent his son to live amongst his people. You see, every God that anyone else worships and in every other religion that's out there, their God sits distant, separate, and all you can try to do is to earn their gaze, to earn their turn, that they would notice you, that you could do enough good that they might give something good to you. But our God loved you so much that he sent his son to live and to walk among us. He sent his son not to just make a sacrifice, but to become the sacrifice. And this is the story of Christmas, that God became man and walked among us. You see, I believe that at Christmas, the greatest gift, the gift that doesn't fit under a tree is Jesus. And the things that maybe we pursue, just like these characters in the movies, we pursue these things. We think we're pursuing the right thing. Maybe you've even pursued peace or hope or joy or love. But the problem is when we pursue those things, we fall short. But if we pursue the person at which these things radiate, all of a sudden we find ourselves with the fullness of these things that we never thought were possible. You see, the problem isn't that we're, the problem is that we're chasing the present and not the person. That we're chasing the gift and not the gift giver. We want what God has to offer, but if we would just want God, we get all that he has to offer. The peace that you seek, the hope that you seek, the joy and love that you seek is found when you choo choose to pursue Jesus. I believe the greatest gift, the gift that we all need, is found in Jesus. The reason we can't find what we need under the tree is because what we actually need hung on a tree. We're looking for a thing and we're missing the person, Jesus. See, God had a plan all worked out for us from the very beginning. He knew we'd be wondering and looking for something that we couldn't find. He knew that, that we would not just need a thing, but we would actually need a person. We needed Jesus. And I would tell you tonight that Jesus is the gift that you've been looking for. Jesus is the greatest gift that you could ever receive. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. It didn't say he sent his son. It said that he gave his son. The greatest gifts are not ones that we purchase or not ones that we earn, but they're the ones that have been given to us by the grace and the love of someone else. This is why it's so much fun to give gifts. Because we're made in the nature of God and God is in the heavens and said, I love my people so much, just like you love your kids and your family and your friends and those around you. God loves you more than that because he didn't just give you something he could buy. He gave you the flesh and blood of his own son. And he says, that's how much I love you. And that's why Jesus came.